Hello everyone and welcome back. In this podcast, I introduce you to sectional title ownership. This form of ownership exists where you own an apartment, for example. This apartment is part of a broader broader sectional title scheme, which exists mostly because you live in a shared arrangement with other owners. Sectional title law is a significant area of practice in its own right, and law firms may tend to specialize in this area through, for instance, drawing up rules of conduct and establishing shared block schemes through during the development of the property. In, that, in this podcast, we only provide a broad overview of sectional title ownership and mostly to establish first that it is entirely possible to conceive of an ownership right as relational to other ownership rights and to other broader community interests. And second, that it is possible for statutory law legislation to recognize other forms of ownership where the common law doesn't provide the right solution. On with it. So sectional title is the creation of the legislature. It is a creature of statute, and that's why it's different to common law. Sectional title was first recognized in South Africa with the Sectional Titles Act 66 of 1971. This law was updated to the current act, the Sectional Titles Act 95 of 1986, and was amended subsequently with the passing of the Sectional Title Schemes Management Act 8 of 2011, and the Community Schemes Ombud Service Act 9 of 2011. With the passing of the latter two acts, the governance of sectional title schemes was split into two legislative areas. The 1986 Act governed the registration and the establishment of a sectional title scheme in the Deeds Registry, and the two 2011 Acts were established to deal with the management of sectional titles. You can imagine that the management of a sectional title scheme is crucial to its efficient functioning. Owners pool monetary resources to collectively manage the building or the complex as a whole. If this is not effectively governed, well then this could lead to the broader dilapidation of the scheme. Before we begin, imagine in your mind a couple of pointers. The first pointer is you. You decide to purchase an apartment in a residential building. And upon registration of transfer of ownership, you become a co-owner of the building, specifically by owning one part of the building called your apartment. The second pointer is what's often called the body corporate. This is the group comprising all owners of the scheme and which is the building's legal personality. The body corporate is managed by the trustees elected by the members of the body corporate. The third pointer is a sectional title scheme, which is effectively the agreement between all the co-owners in the scheme to constitute the building as a sectional title scheme. It is the underlying legal agreement that sustains the form of co-ownership, which we call a sectional title scheme.
So what is the nature of ownership in a sectional title scheme? First, it's important to note that a sectional title scheme is a particular form of bound co-ownership. The underlying legal arrangement sustaining the co-ownership is the particular sectional title scheme registered over the whole property. This underlying agreement means that you, as a co-owner of the sectional title scheme, cannot claim separation and division of the common property by means of the Actio Communi Dividendo for so long as the sectional title scheme remains in place. And this is because we're dealing with bound co-ownership, which again sustains the co-ownership for its duration. You can alienate uh, or encumber your particular section, um, your particular apartment, whilst the underlying legal relationship remains in place, but you actually cannot do so freely, unlike with free co-ownership. Indeed, if you were to sell your apartment, sell your section of the co-ownership scheme, uh, for example, you would actually need clearance from the body corporate to do so. And you will not be allowed to do so if, for example, you have not paid up any levies owing in respect of your section of the property. So again, we can see here how a sectional title scheme is a form of bound co-ownership. And your rights as an owner of a section in that broader scheme are limited to certain extents. Second, it's probably clear by now that it's not legally correct to say you own the apartment by itself, like you would own a freeholding property. Rather, you own a portion or a section of the building which the co-owners have collectively agreed to divide up into specific parts. Parts that are detailed by vertical boundaries, so the height of the section, and horizontal boundaries, so the length and the breadth of the section or, or the apartment. This makes a sectional title scheme different to a free co-ownership, where it is generally not possible to physically divide the property up into portions. In the bound co-ownership of a sectional title scheme, co-owners can agree to physically divide the property, and they do. They divide the thing into sections, and each owner of an apartment is really an owner of a section. This section size in square meters, determines your participation quota in the sectional title scheme, which in turn sets out not only uh, the value of your vote in the governance of the sectional title scheme through the body corporate, but also the extent of your contribution to the maintenance and the administration of the building. These are called levies and are also necessary in maintaining what's called the common property. Areas of the building, such as a swimming pool, a garden, stairs, corridors and, and lifts, which are open to all owners in the sectional title scheme. In addition to owning their own divided section in the scheme, 
all sectional owners are bound co-owners of the common property and sectional owners have an undivided share in the common property. They have an undivided share in the common property, which is calculated with reference to their participation quota. Third, your use and your enjoyment of your portion or your section is limited to the extent that it does not infringe or unjustifiably infringe the use and enjoyment of other people's portions. This is often the subject of much debate and argument in the business of a body corporate and which is why when you purchase a portion of a sectional title scheme, you will need to agree to abide by the rules of the body corporate. So in Body Corporate of Laguna Ridge versus Dorsey, which is a prescribed case, the issue of owning pets came up. You can imagine why not everyone likes pets. And in fact, they may be a nuisance in certain built environments, such as an apartment complex where you could hear dogs barking right next to you or where cats may fight over territory. Accordingly, many sectional title rules forbid pets and your use and enjoyment of the portion of the scheme would be limited, unlike uh, in a freestanding home where your use and enjoyment is, by comparison, far more unlimited. In Laguna Ridge, an owner had to obtain permission from the body corporate to keep her Yorkshire Terrier dog. The body corporate denied the owner this permission, but she went ahead anyway and kept the dog. The body corporate sought an order from court to remove the dog, and the owner put in a counter application to review the body corporate's decision as essentially one that was arbitrary and unreasonable, uh, and so unreasonable, in fact, as to warrant the inference that the body corporate had failed to apply their minds to the facts of the matter when they took this decision. The body corporate's reasoning was that the scheme as a block of flats was not suited to pets and the general prohibition against pets would only be departed from if exceptional reasons existed, such as the need for a guide dog for a visually impaired person. The respondent's argument, however, was that there was no way this dog could be a nuisance to others. It did not bark. It was carried in a basket when it left the apartment, and the dog was never on common property. The respondent won the case, principally because the size, the nature, and the temperament of the dog meant it could not be considered a nuisance. I'm not entirely sure if I would regard the case as correctly decided. The case seemed to elevate, to elevate the respondent's ownership of the portion of the scheme above the underlying legal agreement binding the co-owners, namely the sectional title scheme and its rules. If you agree to buy into a sectional title scheme, you surely agree to limit your use and enjoyment of the portion of the scheme to the extent provided for by the rules. If you don't like the rules, you are within your powers to try change them, either at the body corporate's annual general meeting or by being elected to a trustee of the body corporate. 
But the court's validation of the owner's wishes seemed to uh, overly disregard the fact that the respondent was a co-owner of the broader scheme, not an individual owner of the apartment itself, as if it were a freestanding home. The next aspect we deal with in this podcast is how one goes about setting up a sectional title scheme. We go through four core steps. First, a draft sectional plan is drawn up either by an architect or a land surveyor. This plan sets out various aspects of the scheme, such as the boundaries of the land and the position of the buildings on the land, uh, a scale plan for every floor, the boundaries of each section, the floor area size for each section, and the participation quota for each section. These are submitted for approval to the Surveyor General. Second, the developer of the property would need permission from the relevant local authority or municipality to develop the property in a certain way. This authority would grant the developer certain rights over the land in terms of how they may use the property, including the right to develop a sectional title scheme. The authority may also impose conditions on the development, such as ensuring that the development includes the development of roads or greenery, or that it complies with certain environmental standards. These are, con- these are called conditions of title, and we will return to this topic at the end of this quarter when we look briefly at planning law. Third, once the scheme is approved by the Surveyor General, the developer of the property then applies to the Deeds Registry for the registration of the sectional plan and the opening of a sectional title register. The register would include details of who owns which section of the sectional title scheme and would also include information such as any conditions of title or servitudes. Finally, once a certificate of sectional title is issued by the deeds registry, the scheme comes into being and the developer may alienate each each, uh, section as an immovable thing. Up until this point, the developer is the owner of each section and upon registration in the deeds office of the transfer from the developer to the new owner, uh, up until uh, from that point onwards, the new owner becomes the owner of each section. And that would be reflected also in the broader sectional title scheme as registered in the deeds registry. The development of a sectional title scheme is really only one part of our study. And as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, it is governed by the Sectional Titles Act uh, 95 of 1986. The Sectional Title Schemes Management Act 8 of 2011 and the Community Schemes Ombud Service Act 9 of 2011, they govern the day-to-day activities of the sectional title scheme as a community of bound co-owners. How does this work? Two points, sorry, three points. First, as soon as the first section is sold from the developer to a new owner, a body corporate comes into existence. 
every owner of the sectional title scheme automatically becomes a member of the body corporate. And this body is responsible for the enforcement of the rules in terms of Section 2 of the Sectional Title Scheme Management Act, and also for the control, administration, and management of the common property for the benefit of all owners. So some of these activities include uh, opening a bank account for the building, insuring the building, repairing any damage with insurance money, collecting levies, and also, of course, maintaining all instruments and machines such as lifts uh, that are necessary for the functioning of the common property. The body corporate holds a separate legal personality to the co-owners, which means that the co-owners in their individual capacity cannot be held liable for any debts that are incurred by the body corporate. The body corporate must meet annually at a general meeting, and at this, at, it's at this meeting that ordinary rules um, may be changed, and importantly, where a board of trustees um, will be elected by the members according to each member's participation quota. Uh, and this is, of course, to ensure that the day-to-day -day management of the body corporate takes place. It is the trustees who are responsible, really, for the day-to-day -day management of the body corporate. These trustees exist in fiduciary uh, position towards the body corporate, and they are accountable to the body corporate. Second, the sectional title scheme is run according to two principal sets of rules. The management rules regulate the activities of the trustees and also the financial and administrative management of the scheme. And then the rules of conduct determine the use and the duties of section owners regarding individual sections and the use of common property. These rules could include the keeping of pets or the playing of loud music, and these rules must be in keeping with the reasonable use of a sectional title scheme. Finally, the Community Schemes Ombud Service Act 9 of 2011 establishes an ombud for sectional title schemes. The ombud's role is to regulate, monitor and control the quality of all sectional title governance documentation and to allow for an affected party uh, to apply to the community service ombud service for relief regarding governance matters and um, any sort of governance provision that may be considered uh, unreasonable. The Ombud also has the power to adjudicate disputes between individual sectional title owners and between body corporates and sectional owners. Uh, and in this regard, the Ombud must train conciliators, adjudicators and other employees to, regular and, to regulate and monitor rules and disputes. So sectional title schemes are a relatively new form of ownership and they were developed in statutory law, predominantly because no solution for this kind of ownership existed in common law, uh, one where someone would own to all intents and purposes their own property in inverted commas, but which ownership would benefit from being within 
a broader community of ownership interests where owners pool their resources to create a shared living community. So I think that sectional title schemes demonstrate not only how uh, property law is not immune to rules of shared ownership and how owners will often willingly limit their entitlements in relation to things they own for the benefit of a broader community. But also these schemes demonstrate how our conceptions of ownership in society are not fixed and that the law has got the space within it to recognize new forms of ownership. And I think this is really one of the fundamental uh, premises of property law that should be kept in the back of our mind. Uh, there is no closed list of real rights in South African property law, and it is fully possible and perhaps even desirable for the legislature to recognize new forms of real rights in ways that respond to evolving needs vis-a-vis -vis people and the things that they own. That's all we'll do on sectional title schemes. To recap, a sectional title scheme is a form of bound co-ownership in which co-owners own a section of a broad scheme. They cannot destroy any part of the property for so long as the underlying agreement, the sectional title scheme, remains in place. It is, however, possible to alienate or encumber individual uh, sections, albeit with the approval of the uh, sectional title scheme. Sectional title owners must abide by the rules of the scheme, which must be reasonable, and a community services ombud is available to adjudicate disputes and monitor the governance of the scheme. We covered the case of the Yorkshire Terrier of Laguna Ridge. If the ombud had been around when this case was heard, it would undoubtedly have helped to resolve the dispute without recourse to court. Each owner becomes a member of the body corporate automatically upon purchase, and each member has a vote relative to their participation quota to elect a board of trustees who oversee the day-to-day -day governance of the scheme. A property developer would establish the sectional title scheme first through the land surveying process, then obtaining council approval, and then registering the scheme with a deed registry. The developer owns all the individual sections until such time as they are sold to individual sectional title owners. And remember, these owners are co-owners. They own a section of the scheme and not an individual freeholding in the broader property.